0: This episode of Tales of the Voidfare is brought to you by all the awesome patrons over on the Project Derailed Patreon. If you are a fan of this show or any of the other podcasts we create here at Project Derailed, you can join this legion of elite champions yourself over at patreon.com slash project derailed. A single $5 subscription tier gets you access to patron exclusive channels on our discord, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole patron exclusive podcast derailed off the rails. Thank you everyone for your support. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. Previously on Tales of the Voidfarer. It is interlopers! You see a beholder wearing a pirate hat? When
1: we lost the beholder, do you remember the old Yankee we saw?
0: I don't recall that at all. I can give you what information I have. Yes, I was hoping for
2: that, Sai. You're invaluable. And also, you're with me no matter what. So anything and everything
0: that you can add. And if we can fit it in, find a way to get my own body back? Of course. Thank you. She jumps, tries to hit him with her sword. Your sword flashes with psionic light along the side of his face and it actually takes off his left ear. Option C it is then.
3: I'm recording. recording. Shut wow. Up. Shut yeah. the
0: fuck, fuck fuckers up. Fuckers, I got in there. You guys are all going to have to redo that because that was all at once.
3: <laughs> I'm I'm am recording. Recording. <laughs> I am recording. I am
4: recording. I am recording.
1: I'm recording also. I don't know how many times I said it at this point. But I'm all recording. Right.
0: We're, we're good. We're good. There's enough in there that I could parse that nonsense to some <laughs> Good. <laughs>
2: we fucking harmonized on the first
0: I know right
1: I wanted to do it fast so no one else could get it
4: I, we all had the same
3: thoughts I
0: know I got in <laughs> yeah, it was after Nick it was just a schmoz a schmoz. Wait, wait Tanner hold on a what a
2: schmaz. Mm, like, like, kind of like a scrum
4: <laughs>
0: like a a how do you spell that i don't believe that's a real
2: word <laughs> s-h-m-o-z
4: huh
1: h s-h-m-o-z, Sh-M-O-Z.
4: no did what you mean S-C-H. schmooze, no, not schmooze. baffled schmazz brewing company huh okay there you go yeah, I'm seeing a oh, growing oh. company. Hey, Schmazz, a frenzy in real estate that occurs when a seller, usually a bank, deliberately underprices a property to quickly <laughs> generate multiple offers. Oh, that's exactly what just happened.
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: I mean, sort of. <laughs>
3: interesting
4: (laughs) i've heard collectively it's just kind
2: of like a giant like free-for-all a big pile of things like sure just a bunch of people just jump into a pile and start beating each other
0: hey oh that's an apt segue
3: it's a professional (laughs)
4: wrestling term fuck that was such a good segue and i'm sorry that i fucked it up but
3: it is also used in pro wrestling yeah that makes Uh, sense for tanner yeah,
4: yeah yeah
0: Um. Yeah, no, uh, that also aptly describes the chaos that's currently unfolding in our story. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so last time you guys were basically stuck under siege by threat of giant and dragon in this tower with the Githyanki outcast Kazath, who seems to be a former crewmate of Ravness or Rezicus, as Kazath called her. And Kazath was also accompanied by about two dozen other survivors that were trying to survive under his leadership on this planet. Ravnus was able to stall while Marco and Merrick found an escape route through the librarian terminal, finding a cylindrical tube that extends down into the floor. Upon finding this, a uh, combat broke out. Marco went bowling with his fireball and swan dived into this hole without really looking. Ravnus leapt across the table, attacking Kazath and severing his left ear. And Flapwing stabbed the uh Hadozi right in the tattoo oh, that's right. with your gambler's blade.
4: Now he eats Abbeys. What an idiot.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so all of that happened in a surprise round. So now officially I need you to roll initiative. Indeed. Um okay. Did anybody get higher than a 20? No. Moving on. <laughs> 15 <laughs> to 20.
3: 10 no. to 15. <laughs> yes. 10.
0: Uh Eleven for me. Lapwing got a 10. Marco got an eleven. Uh Ravnus, what'd you get? Uh
1: f- Four, I got a natural one.
4: Woof. Yeah. Best time to get it. I always. This episode's say. off to a bad start.
1: <laughs> it's, it's been a fucking mess so far. Let's start over. <laughs> you you
0: overextended yourself when you leapt across the table and dealt a fuck ton of damage. Thirty nine damage actually. I, okay. had to look it, I had to look it back up. Um, no,
1: it was ninety one. I liked the other. It number. was ninety one. No,
0: <laughs> it wasn't actually. I'm like, that number cannot be correct. <laughs> and then it wasn't. Cool. All righty then. Kazath goes first. So he's holding his ear, blood is gushing between his fingers, and he's glaring up at you. And he says, Option C, it is then, and picks up his huge great axe and like launching himself basically from prone using a psionic push, he is going to launch himself immediately into an attack on you, rapness Cool. Uh, first one's only gonna be an 11. Nope. But he gets a second attack, also an 11. Nope. Interesting. Okay. Um, Yeah, Saker, I think your d20 that I gave you is the blessed one, and mine that I kept for myself is the cursed one.
4: It is so blessed. (laughs) Unreal for the listeners. I was playing in a a two-and-a-half-hour game and got six natural 20s with the die that Nick gave me. (laughs) Mine did
0: not perform nearly as well, and that trend (laughs) is continuing here today. I'm going to just, I'm going to set it over here on 20, and it can think about what it's done. Um, Aspire to greater things, and I'm going to use another D20 for the rest of the session. Um, All right. Well, that's his turn. Um, He's just cursing at you in Geth. And now it is all of your buddies. So, Merrick is already down the hole, and we'll get to him in a second. So, Marco shouted to go down the hole. So, they're kind of focusing on just getting around the large pile of rubble that they were kind of being held against and just getting down there. So, Ezerath is going to clamber over the top using her dexterity. Yeah, and she gets over no problem and actually ends up getting to the top of the hole without encountering any opposition. Roxana is going to start carving her way around basically trying to intimidate any of these survivors out of her way, which is working for the most part. There isn't too many people that are in the chaos willing to stand up to her. The distraction of the flaming sphere that rolled through has provided enough of an opening to allow her to at least start making her way over there. And Scriv and Brohane are going to follow on her heels. Marco, is invisibility dropped for everybody now? Uh, yes. Okay, so Rinzar appears out of nowhere in the middle of a bunch of enemies, Hmm. uh, because he was scouting over on that side of the room, and he kind of had to weave his way through a bunch of the the survivors, which he managed to do deftly, um, you know, getting through there without bumping into anybody. But now that he's visible, a bunch of them, like, startle and shout in surprise, and he punches one in the throat and succeeds, and then he jumps and leaps off of his shoulder to somersault over two more to get to about where Roxana Brohane, and Scriv are. So they're like halfway there. They'll get there on their next round. So now the others are going to try and attack. Uh, there are two right behind you, Ravnus. They're each going to take a swipe. Uh, the first one is going to be a 12.
1: Nope.
0: And the second one is... Wow, I've rolled so many twos. I switched dice.
3: I switched to a different (laughs) d20,
0: and I rolled just as many twos. Rip. Yeah. So that one's only going to be a six. So both these guys miss. They don't look like warriors. They're holding, like, makeshift clubs made out of, like, petrified wood. And uh, one glances off of your armor harmlessly, and the other just whiffs entirely. So the other survivors are going to try and make an attempt to stop the group. Natural one. Good lord. They are in a panic. Between the fire burning a good handful of them and this Gezerai appearing out of nowhere and uh, <laughs> and Roxana basically just growling at anyone who looks at her, this this group is caught on their heels. Marco. Yeah. You launch yourself face first down this tube, ignoring the rungs as you fall. You are going to take Oof. 16 fall damage.
2: <laughs> I'm down. You're We're, unconscious? I was I had 10 HP left in the last
4: battle. Jesus. Um Yeah. <laughs> so uh,
0: you launch yourself down, you collide with Merrick halfway down, who is going one rung at a time, uh, knocking him off of the ladder, and the last thing you hear is a crash. Of into something hard and metallic um, and, and like loose. It's like a pile of like scrap metal or, or rubble or whatever. And you just hear a bunch of voices go, Hello, 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 <laughs> I am a library. I am a library. Li-. And then you just hear that bombarding your senses as everything just <laughs> kind of tunnel vision to black and you're out. I'm in hell already. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: and you just hear Merrick go, Ow! Because <laughs> Merrick also took eight points of fall damage. Where's he at? How's he doing? Uh, yeah, he's he's a al- he's awake, but he's not doing great. <laughs> All right. So, Flapwing, mass chaos has erupted in front of you. You are on the opposite side of the room from the tunnel, the secret tunnel, Mm -hmm. there are uh, staggered and confused survivors, Kazath is bleeding profusely, and Ravnus is like, you know, squaring off with him. Uh, The table has now collapsed, by the way. Ravnus, you're standing on it, and Kazath is like stepping up on it as well to square off against you. So you see all of this, (laughs) Flapwing.
4: Good lord. Um, I mean, my impulse is to help Ravenous, I guess. Um, so I will um, hopefully sneak up behind her opponent
0: and swing into him. Okay, go ahead and make a stealth check. You know what? Because all the survivors roll the natural one on their turn to just do things, mm-hmm. you can make that stealth roll with advantage because they okay. are shaken and confused. Cool. That'd be a 17. Okay. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like anyone notices you as you kind of, like, drop a shoulder and, like, you know, move your way along the perimeter of the room.
4: Oh, yeah, maybe I even put myself back in the wolf form and just get down on all fours and pretend like I'm, uh, uh, you know, inconspicuous.
0: Yeah, because that's what
4: that <laughs> <is>. <laughs> No, I just walk through. Um, and, uh, yeah, once I'm uh, behind the other one, I will uh, I'll stab him
0: go ahead. With my,
4: yeah, my, my Gambo's blade.
0: Yep. Yeah, so you kind of, like, scamper around the one side, kind of crawling over the rocks a little bit, and you slide down the other side and, like, up to, like, the edge of the table, just on his heels. Okay. Um, you're also right near, like, where Azerath is, um, about to go in. So you could attack him here, and you're also real close to the exit, too. Perfect. That's perfect.
4: Uh, I got a dirty 20. That'll hit him. Great. Um Eight. So, that's going to do... Uh, eight damage. Eight
0: damage. That's with your sneak attack and everything.
4: Oh shit! I forgot I have sneak attack.
0: <laughs> what I meant was
4: that's going to do
0: twenty damage. Wow.
4: <laughs> Quite the change.
0: Yeah, a little that, bit. Uh, that was with uh, that was with the gambler's blade. Yes, it is. Got it. So yeah, you come up behind him and you just stab him in the ass. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and then I say, uh, hey, us people with fake names have to stick together.
0: yeah he he curses loudly and kind of turns and looks over his shoulder glaring down at you and he grips his two-handed great axe firmly he is not happy um oh point of order you guys both felt marco go unconscious through your psionic connection
4: oh and it was an action to transfer hp wasn't it yeah shit oh well it was the heat Um, of the moment you had to get a good stab yeah next time around Yeah, I
2: should
0: have mentioned that earlier.
2: Marco's got, like, at least two rounds before he dies,
0: so it's good. (laughs) (laughs) You've got time. (laughs) Uh, Ravness, it is your
3: turn.
1: Yeah. um, She is going to um, continue to square off against um, Kizath, but not attack. And uh, she's going to use her action to give 10 HP to Marco.
0: Oh, Okay. And I'm up. Marco, you flutter awake and you find yourself in a, like, heap of librarian drones. Deactive librarian drones. Some of them have spun up into activity with the impact of you and Merrick. But as you get your surroundings, you see what appears to be almost like racks and stuff where these librarian drones would sit. But those racks have long since crumpled. So the librarian drones just kind of sit in a pile here. And some of them are spurring up. Many are sparking. They're saying things, but they're not really, like active, active right now. And Merrick is, like, rubbing his arm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And w- we'll get back to you on your turn. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ravenous, is that all you're doing?
1: Um, I'm trying to remember if I used um, Action Surge within the context of this day, I guess.
0: Um, um, I, I I don't think you did. I think yeah. Luck Luckbeak used his.
4: I use yeah. uh, yes. Both action surge and crit.
0: Yeah, I you yeah. Luck be used. I, I don't believe you used your action surge.
4: Yeah, I
1: I was looking through my notes and didn't see it. I'm sorry if I did use it and I'm, and I'm lying, but That's I'm okay. going to use uh, as my bonus action surge to then actually attack for a real, season not for fake.
3: Nice. And I think I can
1: only do it once because it's action
0: surge, right? Yeah, you don't get your multiple attacks. You can just although alternatively. Since action surge gives you an action that you can use for anything, oh uh, yeah, we could say that healing Marco was your action surge.
1: Uh, yeah. This is making me sound a lot less
0: self-sacrificing,
1: but um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> You're just
0: badass. You could do it all. I know. Not, not even breaking a sweat.
1: <laughs> uh, twelve plus nine is uh, twenty-one. That'll hit him. Sixteen plus three psionic for
0: nineteen total. Nineteen total. All right.
1: And uh,
0: he's not looking good.
1: And for my next trick, fuck me. <laughs> ah, son of a beekeeper. That's a natural twenty.
4: What? You can't say fuck me and then son of a beekeeper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Somehow better if you yeah. do that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a natural twenty. So I I re-roll. Or I roll all
0: dice twice. Incredible. All dice get. All, yeah, all dice get rolled twice. Incredible. Okay.
1: So that is seven plus eight is fifteen plus seven is twenty-two for just the whatever longsword damage is. Uh huh. And then five and seven is 12, so 25 and 12 is, yeah, so 25 and 12 is 37.
0: Yeah, you put a huge gash across his chest, and blood pours out, and he grunts hard. He's breathing hard, um, and he's just barely standing. He's just hard.
4: Oh, no, (laughs) wait. wait, He's hard.
3: Wait.
1: (laughs) He's he's all about this. That kind of makes sense. Gross. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs>
0: Alrighty. Uh, it's his turn now. He's breathing heavy, holding his wounds, and he looks up at you and says, This isn't over. And vanishes in a puff of mist.
3: Ooh. Hmm.
0: <laughs> see, Misty Stepped away. Oh. Well, it has to be somewhere he
4: can see, right? Isn't that how Misty Step works? What you don't see is him sprinting away make a perception check
1: okay oh can we all make a perception check
4: i'm the only one who metagamed (laughs) uh no everybody can make a perception check okay except marco he is (laughs) elsewhere i was about to say how do you expect me to do that
1: (laughs) Ooh, that's actually a good perception
0: mine was a good
1: i got a 23 Ooh. rolling really good today
0: yeah uh wing, you you don't see where, where he went at all. Right. And Ravnus, you're kind of like surprised for a second and you're like your eyes start darting around and you look to the stairwell and just see his foot extend up. He bamfed to as far as he could see within the spiral staircase and went up
1: the mm, steps. Okay. She is going to shout um, he went that way for everyone's reference.
4: Are we going after it?
1: <laughs> for now, I think we might just want to move on.
0: Okay. Please just leave Marco and
2: Merrick
3: downstairs.
0: <laughs> um. So this is a weird place. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what an odd pairing for these two to end up together.
0: Just all the librarian Jones are out. Hello. 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 hello, hello. hello. <laughs> all right. Uh, Ezarath is going to nod at Ravnus' statement of saying, let's move on, and she'll will hop down the hole. She is using the rungs. And then, let's see, the others. Oh, yeah. Rinzar finishes acrobating his way over and will head down as well. And uh, Roxana will continue clearing the way. Also, all the other survivors who work for Kazath, seeing Kazath just suddenly bam his way out. Um, they're kind of left confused and demoralized and it actually doesn't look like they're going to stop you at this point. Aww. Okay. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> they're like, shit, we don't need... We, you, they put up their hands.
4: <laughs> wow.
0: They're like, you know what? We don't want any more trouble. <laughs> and then the the the, um, <laughs> the Hidozi that Luckbeak stabbed right in the tattoo is holding the tattoo and just, like, weeping.
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Aww.
4: That was really important to him. He based his whole identity around eating babies.
2: <laughs> it might be because he got stabbed, but... Mm, maybe.
0: <laughs> he says, eating babies was the name of my wife.
4: Oh, no. <laughs> it's pronounced, it's, it's pronounced Your it wife ching.
0: has a very unfortunate <laughs> name. It was a family name. <laughs> uh uh Marco you are uh you're down down below. Is there anything in particular you're doing immediately?
2: <laughs> um, I think the first thing would be like, all right, so Merrick looks fine, so I think that I would just make a perception check and see what all's around me aside from a bunch of sparking um librarians
0: yeah, Merrick looks fine with the largest air quotes. <laughs> he is pretty beat up, he's awake <laughs> um yeah, uh, go ahead and just make a quick perception check for me. Okay, um, okay, so that's a 13. Yeah. it's hard to see because there isn't any illumination down here except for the glowing orbs of the librarian drones and the sparks that send some flickering light castating on the walls around you. You seem to be in a large cylindrical tunnel, almost like a subway tube. Hmm. And it seems that like you are in like some sort of vehicle that navigates these tubes. And this one has like docked at a station that is attached to an apparatus that seems to send librarian drones up from this vehicle to the terminal above.
2: Okay, I think um if that's the case then probably I'll spend my time like looking around the area trying to find if there's like a map any way that we know where this goes. Maybe this can get us
0: to where we need to go faster. So sure. just yeah. Yeah,
2: start, start looking around.
0: Now, the other thing I'll let you know because of your perception check is uh, you fell a lot further than you were expecting. Um, it seems as if this tube forms the interior of a pillar on the floor below you when you were above and went down into the ground. So now you are below the even bottom of the canyon level of the city. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, you crashed 30 feet. <laughs> it wasn't pleasant. No. <laughs> So, all right. Now it's Flapwing's turn.
4: Um, I am just going to uh, to head for. Oh man, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna head for where where American Marco fell. I mean, that's the yeah, only thing that, that makes sense.
0: Yep it's a it's a three foot diameter hole in the floor with rungs in the side that descend into darkness.
4: Uh, I'm going to say, um, do you want up or should we come down? Come down. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna start descending the rungs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For the love of the gods, use the rungs. I use those rungs. Cool. Do I have to make a, a check
0: or anything? No, you cool. can do it. It's a ladder. Yeah, right. Exactly. Ravness.
1: She is going to sort of like still be looking off in the direction that Kazath went. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is, I, yeah, I think she's going to like, do that for a second, and uh, then start to make her her way over to everyone else, Um, not, like, double moving, just regular moving over.
0: Okay. Yeah, it looks like Kazath does not immediately return, Um, and it looks like the survivors are, like, slowly starting to, like, you know, with their hands up, backing away, and moving to follow Kazath. Um, None of them are aggressive anymore, and with that, we will be out of round. Okay. Okay. I did one more round of combat in case you guys wanted to keep trying to fight, <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah. So, um, and eventually they all file their way out and, and the rest of you can head down the tube.
4: That's tube. Yeah.
0: Tube. It's tube in time. Yeah. So Marco and Merrick, you guys get out of the way as, uh, as Arath and Rinzar and then Roxana, Brohane and Scriv and then lastly, Flapwing and Ravness all get to the bottom. And you guys see exactly what I described to Marco. It's like a rectangular platform that is resting in the bottom of this cylindrical tube. Um, It appears that like maybe the bottom of it is curved. So it like fits into the curved bottom of this giant circular tunnel. And there are a bunch of collapsed racks that once held hundreds of librarian drones, of which now are scattered on the floor in various states of functionality. Uh, many of them are still uh, chiming in a chorus of, Hello, 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 <laughs> hello, hello. My name is Dex, I am a librarian. It, it seems they're all
4: named Dex. Oh, that's really <laughs> sad somehow. I thought our <laughs> Dex was so special.
0: <laughs> it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Still broken in Brohane's pack. Yeah, and um, it's it's also dark down here. The only thing that's illuminating the area is the faint glow coming from various librarian drones with flickering sparks here or there that kind of add to the spooky ambiance. Mm. So uh, what's the next um, plan, says Brohane?
1: We need to be on alert and possibly figure out a plan to kill Kazath at the next chance we get otherwise he's
2: going to follow us well if these tunnels could potentially get us to our destination i doubt that gazath would know about them
1: if he gets off planet he'll know about the void fair too
4: yeah what did you what did you do to make him hate you so much just just quit the crew technically is it going to benefit us to to know
1: she's going to sigh and say it's not a very long story. Part of the initiation was killing a number, another member of the crew, and I didn't, so I ran instead.
2: Oh, that feels counterproductive, but I guess it—no, well, I guess it does weed out the weak.
1: They were a traitor, and then I was too.
2: Ah, discipline. Okay.
4: Interesting.
2: Um, my apologies. That must have been very traumatic for you.
1: It's fine, but. If he manages to get off-planet and hold a grudge against us, then they'll just seek out the Voidfarer.
2: So am I led to believe that this is kind of one of those, like, nobody leaves the family or you leave in a body bag sort of deals?
1: Basically.
4: Hmm. Well, okay. That's better than I thought it was going to be, actually. So, good. Um...
0: Rinzar is going to approach the three of you. And as he approaches, uh kind of glance a little bit nervously between the three of you and then look at look at Ravnes and just say "Vezat ikith." And then he's like seems to be looking for a reaction. "Vezat ikith." Is that does that is that something that sounds familiar to you?
1: tight. Does it sound familiar?
0: <laughs> it's definitely a word in Gith, but it's okay. not. It's a, it's a proper noun um, that you are not familiar with. Um, it, in fact, seems like a dialect that is older than either Githyanki or Githzerai dialects of the Gith language.
2: Right. So essentially, like, he just walked up and just said, Asher Bonnie Paul and expect you to, like,
1: know what that means. <laughs> uh, yeah, she shakes her head. She has no idea.
0: He says... That is what you three have, somehow.
4: What? Uh, well, what is it?
0: I, it's a warrior's soul bond. Uh, actually, Azarath will walk up and kind of a little bit adversarially say to Rinzar, you know what this is? And he's going to nod, and she's going to kind of scoff a little bit, and like, how would you, one who abandoned your kind, know this knowledge when I did not and Rinzar kind of rolls his eyes and it's like as much as the Githsarai want to claim this ancient secret as theirs it actually predates them Um, he looks back to the three of you and says the Vezat Ikith these warrior soul bonds were originally developed as the primary means in which the Gith revolted against the Gaik the squids millennia ago it was this special psychic bond that allowed them to resist their oppressors and eventually escape captivity and torture and slavery to the mind flares.
2: Okay, then we're on to something here. So, okay, now we know what this is. This is great.
0: It's, it is a technique that ancient Shasalku continued even after the schism between the Githyanki and the Githzirah. Both sides are vaguely aware of this bond as a legend, but neither knew its specifics. That knowledge stayed with the Shasaku, however.
2: Okay, so, um, did any of this knowledge potentially say how one is bestowed these powers, how one obtains them? Because, um, I, it seems very odd to me, because, A, I'm a human, this, you know, he's a Doar, and also... Flapwing and I, no offense, Flapwing, but I would not call us brave warriors. Right.
0: Um, He nods, and he goes, it is strange, and certainly unorthodox, that, that such a boon would be bestowed on non-gith, but theoretically, there's not anything inherently gith about it. It's, uh, so long as a creature contains uh, a sentience, a a psionic self. Um, They are valid recipients for such a ritual.
2: Okay, so this is a ritual. And this also explains a lot. I mean, Doars are are naturally psionic. So that explains a little bit more. I guess. There's still the question of me. I'm not naturally psionic. And I'm not a psionic wizard.
0: But your your, your mind, your thoughts, that is psionic energy even if it doesn't extend without the, the bounds of your of your brain any thinking being any sentient being can form this bond so long as there is a, a trust between the recipients, a, a unifying goal and a grand master to administer the ritual it can be performed between anyone Ezrath seems very annoyed here annoyed that Rinzar knew something that she didn't and she seems annoyed that like this he's not acting as this is a blasphemy the way she did <laughs> he's just more curious that such an ancient thing has happened to the three of you right especially without you even knowing what it is so in that
2: in that case um Ravness and luck and uh, luckbe um, Let's work out here, then. When was the first time we actually established these psionic powers? I mean, was it before or after the Beholder Pirate?
0: Oh,
4: good question.
0: Beholder Pirate? Um, Renzar says with, like, a strange expression on his face. <laughs> it, it's a very long
2: story. I'm, I'll tell you about it another time.
4: Well, we, we all saw the same shared vision, I guess, Is is the short of it. It's...
2: Okay, but from what he's saying... We need a grandmaster to bestow this. I don't remember seeing a grandmaster. And then I look at Ravnus. Ravnus, didn't you say something about an old man one time? I saw him after the
1: beholder. I remembered it, but I don't think that we saw it then.
0: Ravnus, make a intelligence check. With advantage. Ooh
1: um 17
0: 17 yeah um as marco brings it up and as you like think back to that moment and you say these words like yeah you remember seeing him but you don't know if he was really there and the more and more you think about it the clearer that image becomes and the more opaque fuzzier the memory of the beholder becomes almost as if one memory is the correct one and the other is a falsehood and it's not the one you initially thought
1: wait 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 wait. so the beholder is becoming fuzzier
0: you you still remember it but Uh it's it's now taking on the properties of like a dream in the way that your initial memories of the the old gith were to the part where you're starting to question which of those two events really
1: happened She's. She kind of like looks like she's thinking about something, and then she looks um, back in the direction of where they fought before, um, and then back to the group, and she says, um, "Are we sure that we really fought that beholder?" Huh? I'm, yes.
2: Yeah. i I remember it quite vividly. I remember you and I in particular. Um. I,
4: I think. I think I launched myself into a wall possibly.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was um
2: it was an inter I mean it was uh, interesting for the first um outing together, but I mean, we worked pretty decently as a team and mm. got the job done.
3: Yeah.
1: It just doesn't seem like it really happened. And that maybe it was a memory that was placed there when something else happened. What would be something else? Whatever this is potentially.
0: Marco, something uh, seems oddly familiar about this concept.
2: I get a refresh on that, because it's not it's not sparking in my mind.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and just make an intelligence check for me.
2: Okay. Ooh. That is a that is an unnatural dirty twenty.
0: Nice. Yeah, I mean, things happening one way and being remembered by individuals another is not too terribly dissimilar than an entire crew of people seeing gift ships instead of nautiloids.
2: There we are. Okay, yeah, yeah. I see where you're going now. Okay. Um, so says. well, okay, hold on a second then. Um, I mean, this is something that we've been dealing with for some time now. Um, remember the, those um, back on Vizier seeing gift ships instead of potential other ships. Yes. So it's not outside the realms of possibility that Our minds could have also been altered, and it might even be that uh, Ravnus might have been particularly resistant to it due to her own physiology.
4: Are are you saying that that it's not that everyone else isn't seeing gift ships? It's that we are? Like, they're not there?
2: What I'm saying is that, in this regard, I think that we are seeing illithid nautiloids, and the rest of the world is seeing gift ships. Oh. Oh, right. ...that it could be potential that whatever memory we have of either fighting a Beholder Pirate... ...or whatever memory Ravnus has... ...in some way, one of which is a dream and the other one is what actually happened. Considering the fact that we don't remember getting anything from a Grand Master... ...it stands more to reason that we didn't fight a Beholder... ...that instead we got the powers from the Grand Master... ...and that Ravnus in particular, due to her physiology potentially or maybe just strength of will i'm not sure um or any of the other boons that she has that you and i don't have um
5: just being poten- awesome <laughs>
0: just being
2: awesome potentially gave her a slight um edge in shielding and actually seen through the veil of what actually happened
4: okay huh
2: it's nothing to be proven but at the same time it's a good working hypothesis like we can work with this
0: yeah, yeah, of course. Brinzar is now, like, looking between the three of you very confused. So, wait, hold on. You think you may have met a Grandmaster, but you don't remember meeting a Grandmaster of the Shasaku.
1: Essentially.
0: It, it may have happened, but instead you remember fighting a Beholder.
1: Uh, Ravenous is going to do her hair trick with the uh, memory of... Uh the uh, um, old gith and give it to um, Rinzar.
0: Rinzar will take it and he will hold it in his palm and focus and it it glows. He's casting Detect thoughts to read and he opens his eyes wide and surprised and he looks at you and he starts to say something and then he stops and then his eyes kind of glaze over for a second and he goes... Well, that seems like you have fought a beholder to me. Um, huh. Renzar, are you are you okay? Yeah, why wouldn't I be?
2: Well, you had like your your eyes kind of glazed over for a second. You kind of weren't with us here.
0: I I was. It might have been that was part of reading the, the the spell. I kind of, you know, I'm okay. not sure what the point was, but.
2: You know, we were talking about a grand master, right? Potentially bestowing powers on us.
0: Yes, that's a working theory, but I don't know. You say you don't have any recollection of meeting one.
4: You didn't see it.
0: I saw a beholder with a funny pirate hat.
4: Now that I'm thinking about it, that does seem wildly out of character.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Did we We not see it (laughs) before? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm telling you the clown with chainsaw for hands is real <laughs> uh.
2: Okay, so this is interesting Ravness, can you produce that memory again for me?
1: Uh, yeah, she does it. She runs uh, her fingers through her hair And then gives the uh, magic hair thing to Marco
0: Yeah uh, Marco, you you see... Uh well, do you have Detect Thoughts to read it?
2: I do with one of my magical archives here. There you go. I'm burning that right now.
0: Yeah. Um you you burn the detect thoughts from your magical archive and hold your hand over the strand, the wispy strand of hair, the encode thoughts spell from Ravnus, and uh your vision changes to a different scene. You're seeing through Ravnus's point of view as you are standing there with yourself and Luckbeak on the deck of the squid spelljammer ship. A squid ship, not a a Nautiloid. I know it's confusing. (laughs) (laughs) In this cavern and on the deck standing before you is an elderly bearded gith in simple robes. And he is speaking to you in the words garbled and underwater and you can't quite make out what he's saying. Um, But he, he has a... A stern uh like determined look on his face there's an urgency to his expression and his words that come through his ancient wrinkled features and with that the memory fades
2: okay so ravness and uh flapwing may i talk to you in private just for one second sure Renzar and ezra share your theories together because i think you all might have a lot to talk about
1: Talk amongst yourselves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ezareth crosses her arms and turns her shoulder to love the Oh love god! <laughs> he turned his back on the Githzerai. How dare
3: you?
0: <laughs> yeah. So you guys take a step uh, over to the other side of like the rack of librarian drones, and they all kind of go, "Hello, hello, hello, hello. hello." As you kind of like move around them. <laughs>
4: this is this is <laughs> good that. cover at the very least if we don't want them to hear what we're saying. <laughs>
2: Marco has a look of I'm so done right now. <laughs> so, I saw what you saw, Ravnus, in that strand. I saw the old man saying incomprehensible words. I'm not sure if that was the memory or if I just don't speak the language um, that, that he was saying, but it certainly seemed like what you described and that apparently Renzar something blanked his mind in the same way that it blanked the minds for the, the nautiloids. I think that that's pretty likely. We, we, the the three of us need to work this out here. Apparently we can't, not necessarily trust, but the others aren't going to be much help in
4: this regard. Okay. Well, well, what are we supposed to do? I mean, if our, if our minds were altered, then I, I I don't understand. I'm not used to being so out of control of a situation like this.
2: You know, at the one end though, we are currently in a library, technically speaking. So... We could... I mean, we could look for information. I mean, we were already on our, our original hunt, but I mean, we could make a detour. We could even split up. Okay. Yeah.
4: Uh. Uh. Sure. I guess. What am I looking for?
2: That's a good question. Um.
1: If we're splitting up, at least some of us should be trying to go and find Isath. I. I'm not sure it was the right thing to let him
2: go. I don't. Um. That as may be. Or we could just keep moving on our way. We might find the information that we need there and not have to split up and
0: worry about it. It's, you know, spitballing ideas at the moment. Right. Okay. Cyrus will speak up in your head, Margot. If I might interject. Yes, Cyrus? If the concern seems to be a potential modified memory um, that the three of you share, um, there may be methods of more clearly uncovering what lies beneath that alteration um if my memory serves correctly the catacomb district should have more extensive technology like what was above in the headquarters of the rift centuries the one that you use to enter a a facsimile of memories past the catacomb district and the archives within were undergoing a significant initiative to transfer most, if not all, of the knowledge of the city into these crystals that can be experienced in a mental facsimile. And uh, perhaps we may be able to use that technology to examine closer this memory that seems to have been altered, and perhaps we can figure out exactly what lies beneath it.
2: Okay, so I mean, we were already heading towards the catacomb districts. This works. Like we can. Okay, we can go with this. Um, we just need to find a way to get there and try to get there without running into um, Kizath, or Kizath's uh, demoralized men.
0: Well, I think the answer to that question stands beneath your feet.
2: Uh, um we were trying to figure out if can this get us to where we need to go
0: if it still has a store of magical energy or can be provided with it um it should be able to ride the entire network of librarian drone system um from here all the way to the librarian hub and pretty much anywhere through the city this network is extensive and was designed to provide assistance navigating the vast knowledge of the library um and transporting that assistance wherever it was needed
2: Okay, then. then um, we, we have ourselves a plan, then. Alright, so, um, everyone, the, um, Cyrus has just informed me that there is a machine that we can use in the Catacomb District where we are going to potentially unlock some of these memories. Um, and that this place that we're in is very conveniently connected throughout the city, so we can hopefully take some of these minecarts, um, or whatever we want to call them, To the place that we need to go, without uh, detecting, assumedly, Kazath's men who wouldn't probably know these tunnels exist.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm down with that, of course. Ravnus?
1: Alright. Yeah.
2: Once we actually try to unlock this, I mean, at that point we can go and try to deal with Kazath. I don't think that's going to be a problem.
1: Alright, we should try to get up a warning to Val if we can, anyway.
2: I'm, um, I'm spent on sending charges, and I, I, I do need a long rest, because I'm running very low on mana right now, so the second that I get a long rest in, and I can recharge the Magical Archive, then I'll get a message up to Val.
0: All right. Cyrus will add, if we can get to the Librarian Hub, it's quite secluded and only really accessible by these tunnels. Um, it would probably be as safest place as any to take an extended rest if we needed one.
2: Well, there we go, then. That also would get me back, so that we don't have to worry about the fact that I can only really cast Tasha's hideous laughter <laughs> and ice knife right now. <laughs> okay. A few others, but those are the ones that can be useful.
4: Well, then let's right. let's do it.
2: So we um,
0: come back from around the corner where we were just talking. Merrick is standing at the front of this like p- platform, just going, "Hello!"
3: It's <laughs> a fucking oh. thing from Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh... <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh um, so I think uh, Marco will gather the group together and say all right everyone so we talk some things over um, these carts can actually get us to the location that we need to go and we can get us there quicker and it's going to lead us to one of the most fortified places in the entire town so we can go there we can get some rest and we can actually collect everything that we needed to collect and then we can get off of this world.
0: Not so much fortified as secluded. Cedrus, come on, me out here. <laughs> you're the only one who can hear me. Hey, no,
4: Marco, you have to stop doing that. You're scaring all of us.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're starting to question if you actually have a man in the ring. And I have him in the ring, so. <laughs> yeah. But I'm still questioning it.
2: You physically have seen him. <laughs>
0: Luckbeak's just like, I didn't act that crazy when I was talking
2: to him. We all agreed that he was hot. He was really hot.
1: (laughs) We all got together and we voted. (laughs) We voted.
0: Came to a consensus. He's officially hot. (laughs)
2: Um, Well, okay. Secluded area where we should be safe from everything that we've dealt with so far. So we just have to go a little further and then we'll be back on the void fair. Okay. And... Also, Rinzar, um once I get rested up, I can cast sending again and I can get a message to your group as well to meet us there so that they can also be picked up on the boat.
0: Sounds good.
3: Alright,
2: let's just see if I have enough magic to get these carts moving.
0: Now, Ravnus, um, from your conversation with Kazath, uh, you got the impression that Rinzar's group may may not be as intact as you left them. Kazath certainly hinted that a fate may have befell them at his hand.
1: Did Rinzar like hear that?
0: Uh, Rinzar was not directly next to that conversation because um, okay. he was off searching for one of the pillars. Okay. He was invisible on the other side of the room.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ravnus is going to say
4: um, I don't think that there's going to be
1: much left of
2: Rinzar's group.
4: Well, I mean, regardless of how many of them are left, it's him we have to worry about. All right.
2: Well, hold on, then. I mean, we, we, we there's not much left. That means there's a potential where some of them could be alive.
3: Yeah.
4: Um.
2: Listen. It, regardless, I need to rest before I can cast sending again. But once I can, I'll get messages out to Val and see if there's anybody left from your group, Rinzar. Uh,
0: Rinzar will nod and he'll go. I appreciate that. I knew what the risks were and I knew this place was dangerous. But if we can get any sort of assurances that they're okay, then we should. Have- least do everything we can to find out.
2: Sorry, I'm I'm spent at this point, but we will do what we can. I understand. Alright, so I'm assuming one minecart's not gonna fit all of us.
0: No, so you you guys are all on it. It's not a minecart. It's like um, basically the equivalent of like a flatbed train car. Um, it's not as long, um, it's probably like 12 feet wide and like maybe 30 feet long. It does pretty much fill the entire tube that you're in. It's not like a car on a track in the middle of a tube. It's like the tube is the track.
2: This is giving me some serious Resident Evil vibes and I dig <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> um, it uh. seems like the platform that you're standing on is like a half cylinder that is actually sitting in the curved bottom of this circular tube. It's giving me some serious Sonic bonus stage
4: vibes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, went, it went from
0: Resident yeah. Evil to Sonic. Quick. Yeah. And the top looks like it was once like stacked racks that held these librarian drones that have all since kind of crumpled over time. Um, it is sitting at like a platform dock here because it's directly beneath a station, um, but it does look like the tunnel extends both directions
2: okay so all right knowing where where we fell into the tunnel all right that way is probably where this district's going since so that's where we're going so um all right uh, let's see here so i'm going to find the like controls to this thing
0: make an investigation check okay then okay that's a 26 26 uh well first of all are you doing anything to illuminate the area more or are you just kind of relying on the the soft and inconsistent ambient light from all of the drones
2: so I think I would um, actually get one of my torches in a tinderbox out of my bag and light one up.
0: Going old school.
2: That's all I got <laughs> left right now. Is <laughs> um, minor conjuration, I mean.
0: Okay, yeah, with your, with your torch, you kind of investigate around. You move to the, the end of the cart that it's, cart is not the right term. <laughs> you move to the end of this platform and you see that the front of it is not straight it actually comes to the middle and then there's like a little like rounded part that juts out and you see that there seems to be like a circular glyph on the floor um that's only about like maybe two feet in diameter that's like raised ever so slightly, and there is like you see um, catching the light from your torch. Inlaid in the grooves of this is that cinder shard conduit that you associate with Cretorian magitech. And with your 26 investigate, you see that there is that conduit in the walls of the circular tunnel. Mm -hmm. that this platform sits in extending all the way out into the darkness um but the glimmer from your torchlight is just catching the veins of it inlaid in precise patterns through the walls it looks like these conduits you know by now are designed to carry magic magical energy um although none of them are glowing right now which means that there likely is not any magic to speak of here okay Um, um now i will say this does look different than like the glyph in the in the pedestal that required like spell slot expenditure mm-hmm. it doesn't look quite like that but it looks like it works in a similar way it's just not the same
2: All right. Um, I do believe I would s- s- kind of assume still that spell slots are what's going to be needed here so I would probably like put my hand on the dials and like try to use the rest of my spell slots to get this thing going
0: uh, rest of your spell slots
2: um yeah i only have like three first levels left
0: okay so you're pumping three spell slots into it yep yeah everybody <laughs> uh everybody uh make me uh a dexterity saving throw <laughs> as we
4: are <laughs> forward, forward at three times the normal speed
0: Hey everyone, Nick Yurisiva here, your Dungeon Master and Reverse Vampire. I really like garlic and spending time in the sun. Wait, is the opposite of vampires just Italians? Thanks for listening to this 12th episode of Chapter 6 of Tales of the Voidfarer. This chapter is shaping up to be our longest yet, but we are fast approaching a conclusion. Like I said at the top of the show, if you are enjoying Tales of the Voidfare and all the other content we create here at Project Derailed, we'd be incredibly appreciative if you considered supporting us over on Patreon. Now with a single $5 subscription tier, get access to patron-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast where the Derailed team just chats about whatever happens to be in their minds. But let's face it, it's probably going to be food, soda, Scooby-Doo, or Midwestern culture, and sometimes also nerd stuff. And we know not everyone is able to pitch in, but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on iTunes or simply spreading the word on social media. And as always, just thank you for listening. Visit Patreon.com slash Project Derailed if you'd like to subscribe. You should give us a follow on our social media if you haven't already, at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. If you haven't checked out Cape Chronicles, our new Masks A New Generation podcast, what are you waiting for? Fiona and myself, along with our friends Roger, Chelsea, and GM Cliff, are getting into teenage superhero hijinks one issue at a time. You can always catch new episodes every first and third Wednesday of the month, and stick around for a trailer at the end of the show. Fables Around the Table, she is now halfway to its conclusion, playing the death metal inspired RPG Morkborg. Listen to all four episodes now, with the fifth coming out tomorrow at the time of this release. GM Chelsea Rexinger leads Garrett, Annalise, and Josh on a gnarly tale of blood, flesh, and bone in this chapter of Fables Around the Table. Check out new episodes the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month. Come hang out with us over at the Project Derailed Community Discord. We are always over there hanging out, chatting about RPGs and video games, sharing pet pictures, and hanging out and playing games. So head over to projectderailed.com discord to join in on the fun theme song, and other original music by Tom Goldthwait with additional music by purple-planet.com. The next episode of Tales of the Voidfarer lands on Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. See you then.
2: All right, um, I had a 14. 14, okay.
0: Flapwing? Seven. Seven? Ravenous? Six. (laughs) Okay. Uh, There's a sudden lurch, and Marco, you manage to stay on your feet, uh, crouch down a little bit. Um, uh, Flapwing and Ravenous, you both fall on your butt. Merrick falls on his butt. Um, Brohane falls on his butt. Roxana and Scriv manage to stay standing. Scriv only because he instinctively grabbed onto (laughs) Roxana. And you see that the conduit in this sigil that you pumped magic into lights up super bright and you actually see that there are lines of it that head through the entire floor that you didn't quite notice before beneath your feet and there's another one on the other side that glows but not as brightly and then you see that the magic uh extends down into the conduit of the walls and you guys all lurch forward flying very quickly (laughs) that uh Go ahead. Now, it does seem like it was an initial, like, a launch. And while it did carry you a significant distance, it does seem to be slowing down over time. Although, it does look like the cart has now been activated, as is the tracks. Um, It just needs, like, a push.
4: You weren't supposed to put three Um, quarters in all at once. You were supposed to do one over every
0: few minutes. I'm going to put on there, and I'm going to start casting cantrips into it. Yes. Exactly. You cast a cantrip and there's another much softer lurch that pushes you forward um, until you start slowing down at another, like, you know, thousand feet or so. So you just throw another cantrip in it and then you go and it's almost like a handcart, except instead of pushing down on the handle, you throw a cantrip into the sigil. I think
2: Marco is looking visibly exhausted, (laughs) but he's Um, still going as he's just pumping
0: everything he can into it. Scriv is going to step up next to you and he's going to start mocking
3: the <laughs> sigil. Jesus. Uh, pumping
0: vicious mockery into it. I can I can actually come up
4: and help as well with Oh you have K Yeah, I have mage hand and message.
0: Yeah. Yeah so between the three of you uh, you can take turns one at a time just do Dush, perfect dush, to just get into like a steady flow of like a cantrip a second and you guys like pick up speed and start going at a, a pretty pretty steady clip
2: anyone um, got any jaunty tunes to sing
0: <laughs> sail our way swear word uh, <laughs> yeah So you guys are going for a while, and you are passing like stations, like the one that this was parked at when you first got on it. When Marco, you first crashed into it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it seems that from what Cyrus said, its terminus is the librarian hub where you're going. Now, as you guys get up to speed, like some of the librarians who are no longer on their racks are like rolling to the end and just like falling off. Hello, hello,
4: hello. hello." You feel like you're specifically putting me through paces with this. They're so cute, and you keep torturing them.
0: Yeah. So you guys are going for a little while. Um, Cyrus says that it'll probably take like 20 minutes to get uh, to get to the central hub. Um, is there anything you guys want to do while you're just riding?
1: Ravnus is sulking. I
0: So is Ezerath, actually.
1: Twins. <laughs>
0: Rinzar is gonna approach Ravness. Okay. It was very brave what you did. What is? Facing off against Kazath, stalling for time while we can find a way out, especially with your history, that couldn't have been easy.
1: Yeah, well, I let him go, so didn't do much good.
0: Everyone's alive.
1: There is that, but if he gets off planet, that's a lot more dangerous for us.
0: Rinzar will nod. Perhaps, but one issue at a time. And who knows, maybe he'll try to attack the giants and get himself killed anyway.
1: That's the hope.
0: Have you given any more thought to my offer?
1: I've thought about it.
0: Especially considering he kind of gestures to your forehead. You may have more in common with my order than you think. Surprising even me, actually.
1: What do I need to do to join or whatever?
0: Not much. You're already doing much of what we would ask you to be doing. As you actively oppose the alithid threat, wherever it may turn up, we can be allies in that endeavor. My order is a resource. Connections that can help in that fight. We may ask for assistance at times, but I find it hard to believe it would ever contradict your goals if your goals are to eradicate the squids perhaps unite the githyanki and the githzerai to the same end see if they can get over their squabbles w- and fight the real threat
1: would i have to leave the void fair
0: i don't think so not permanently for any amount of time i don't think All right. he smiles wow alright well let's get off of this rock first and then we'll discuss further then. And then he'll say, kind of glancing over his shoulder where Ezerath is sulking not too far away <laughs> in, in almost the same position that you were <laughs> sitting Brownness
1: in. changes position. <laughs> <laughs> he <sees that. laughs>
0: uh, he's going to say, do you think she'll be amiable? She seems abrasive, but at the same time, so do you.
1: I think she'll come around. He nods. She's come around a lot already,
0: yes, I can see that. He'll stand. I think we'll do great things. I hope so and then he'll leave you to it. <laughs> flapwing, you're standing there, taking your turn, throwing mage hand into this mm-hmm. uh into this uh sigil, and Merrick is going to come up like behind you and go, uh, what you doing uh, you've got to be you have to be quiet merrick i'm 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 trying to like.
4: Steer and and you know, I, I, it's it's difficult.
0: Sorry, um, can can I help?
4: Um, no, I mean not really, unless you learned how to cast spells in the past. I don't know, a few
0: weeks. Does um... no
4: you hitting the thing
0: while yelling fireball is not a spell. See, that's all I thought wizards did. Yeah, was like that's how I thought it worked. So I thought I would try it. No, that was
4: um, I mean. You, you got to think about the first wizard, right? I guess they had to have started some way. That kind of makes sense. Just yell fireball and hit something and, and, and see if it happens. Smart move. Yeah. But, you yeah. um, know. Yeah.
0: You never know until you try. Sure. Oh, would yeah. you Would you
4: like... I mean, I could kind of show you what I'm doing. I, I mean...
0: No, that sounds okay. hard. Okay. Yeah, it hard. is. <laughs> There's a beat, and he just goes, Are we there yet?
4: Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah get off we're here as we're speeding down the track i think you're joking well you never know until you try
3: <laughs>
4: you're right <bye! laughs> no, no no
3: no
0: merrick's not that well young.
4: what if we killed merrick right here in this tunnel <laughs>
0: yeah well, this is where he dies <laughs> there goes Merrick. <laughs> and he was never seen again <laughs> all right so uh, you guys continuing to throw cantrips into the sigil, and Marco, you catch glowing runes along the floor of the tunnel in front of you that, once you see them, you feel just a ever-slight push against the momentum of the cart as you pass over each one. And you're pretty sure these are breaks, because you are arriving at the terminus of this particular tunnel.
2: We're reaching the end. Oh, good. Whew. think, uh... Once the cart comes to a stop, Marco's just going to fall on his ass in exhaustion.
0: Yeah. So the, the tunnel actually pulls away, opening up into a large dome space. And you see tracks coming in from tunnels all the way around the outside of this space. And you cover um, a little bit of like, it feels like a no man's land between the tunnel entrances and the wall. This raised circular platform uh, in the center of this big domed room. And the cart eventually slows to a stop exactly flush with the edge of the platform. The front uh, curved part fitting neatly into a carved alcove in the platform. Now on the center of this platform you see it's a tangled mess of metal mechanisms and machinery. You see what look like hoses that are about six inches around held by brackets all over the place and you see that there's an array of these tubes above the platform and it appears that they line up with the racks that the librarian drones were on so that this is how these carts are loaded before they're sent out to the various parts of the city Mm. to dispense these drones to the terminals where they are summoned. And in front of you, you see that a lot of the machinery seems to have rusted and decayed with age. Some of it has collapsed in on itself, so it's kind of like this lopsided nest of metal and gears and tubing and stone pillars that hold everything up. And you see, like, the conduits of Cinder Shard kind of run through everything. And you see that there's, like, a lopsided path in front that extends to, like, what would be the center of this platform and, like, the nest of this machinery. Well? Everything is quiet.
4: I mean, I I guess there's only one place to go, huh? Yeah.
2: Let's find a place to rest, and then we can figure out the rest.
4: Of it. Okay. Seems like a good time to do a long rest.
0: Yep. Yeah. You guys venture forward, and you... Find a large central area that looks like the workshop of. See, it's weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's weird because at first glance, it looks like a cluttered mess. There's a workshop with several workbenches, six, in fact, uh, located like in two rows. And there is racks of tools around the outside and what looks like a metal forge on the one side. And it looks like there's tools and parts and stuff scattered everywhere. Like, Like whoever owned this workshop just tossed stuff. But as you get closer, you see that every little individual thing on this table is oriented the exact way that it lines up exactly parallel with the edge of the table and each thing is exactly three quarters of an inch apart from the other thing and everything is meticulously placed so it fits everything nothing is touching everything is played out evenly across every surface um it looks like this strange amalgamation of order in chaos
4: just ring a bell with anybody
2: any other day that might seem strange yeah,
4: I mean, I, I, I'm i kind of freaked out of, of whoever's down here, to be honest with you. I didn't even think anyone was alive down
0: here. I thought that was just like a relic of the past. Is
4: there like a layer of dust on these, or?
0: Yes, yeah, there's a layer of dust on everything. Okay,
4: um, well, um, so maybe nobody is down here.
0: That would make the most sense. There's the shrill sound of metal striking the floor Ooh. somewhere off in the distance.
4: Ding! Okay.
0: We can set up watches if you're concerned. Yes,
4: I'm... Are you not concerned, Marco?
2: I don't have the energy to be concerned right now. Fair, fair. But if it helps, logically, yes, it's quite concerning.
4: Um, Nick, is there anything valuable on this table? Make an investigation yep. check. In- investigation... I got a
0: natural one. Natural one. Okay. With a natural one. Mm-hmm. Um you're scanning across the t- surface of this table and it looks like as you look at it it looks like it is all components for librarian drones like pieces of their concentric ring construction and like the the pivoting mechanisms to where everything kind of rotate around each other and interestingly the tools for working on these pieces is also perfectly placed on the table around the parts that it would be worked mm-hmm. on like even like whoever was working on this set down the tool that they were working on placed it perfectly like everything else. You do not see anything of value here. Everything looks like it's pretty mundane building materials, but something shiny catches your eye, not on the table, but in the, like, what looks like a pile of scrap metal off to the side. So as you're looking over the table, you don't really see anything, and you happen to glance up and see past the table what looks like, instead of this dusty uh, stone and, like, iron and, like, dull metals, you see something glint like precious metal. Okay, I'll reach up for it. Yeah, you, you have to go walk around the table and go over sure. to it. And, and it seems like it is... Like uh, some sort of gold or or maybe brass, but very well polished despite the years. Tube that has like a ball joint type connector on one side that seems to attach to some sort of circular construction, like a domed uh, construction that is buried further in the rubble.
4: Uh, I mean, yeah, on a natural one, I'm not saying anything to anyone I, this is my selfish side yeah. coming out, and I am, uh, I am, I'm reaching
0: out and pulling it. Yeah, you reach out and pull it, and it doesn't budge. And suddenly, a bunch of rubble falls away in front of you, and a single large eye. Opens. Oh, oh! The eye is fleshy, but it seems to be attached to the metal components that you're pulling on. Uh, and under this eye, a fleshy, like human-like, lipped mouth, like that's as wide as your shoulders, opens in a smile and just goes, blah, blah, blah,
4: <laughs> ah! <laughs> Merrick, somebody wants to talk to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's when you guys turn and look and you see now standing out of this rubble, um, bits of dust and metal falling off of it is this weird robot cyborg looking creature with spindly legs and arms and a almost perfectly spherical body with a single large actual organic eyeball and like fleshy lips. It looks like the cyborg Mike Wazowski looking thing. Mm. (laughs) And as soon as it like steps forward and it looks down at its arm where you you touched it, and then it looks at the mess around itself and it just kind of (laughs) goes and starts cleaning up. And, like, fixing things. But with that shriek, you hear... Coming from two other places around the chamber, and then two others, and you see more of these little things start scurrying out of the rubble. Anyone who would like to can make an arcana or religion check.
4: Absolutely. Religion. Uh,
0: 22 on the arcana. Yeah, Marco, you know exactly what these are. 10. Uh, Fourteen. yeah, Ravnus. These are weird.
3: <laughs> uh, what'd you get, Wang? Fourteen.
0: 14? Uh, yeah, you know they're some sort of construct, uh, but they're unlike anything you've ever seen before. Yeah, uh, Marco, you know these are Modrons. They are strange constructs that are basically the embodiment of law from the plane Mechanus. Um so I I kind of
2: like get up like I'm in like a half exhausted state as I just kind of drop my bag on the ground um and I walk over and start looking at one and I'm like I think it's a it's a Modron. I've only read about these things I've never seen one myself it's um they're from a different uh kind of plane of existence a different realm called uh mockiness and uh, are, are,
4: are they deadly? Are they deadly? Are they deadly? <laughs>
0: Um, I wouldn't think so. They they can, can they can fight, uh, but I mean, it yeah, doesn't. Like... It, yeah, especially if like they're ordered to um, and and that sort of thing. But uh, it doesn't appear that these ones are threatening.
2: They have the capacity to be threatening, but just like any human or dwarf or elf, they're. It, it, it's not just a guarantee that they're going to be you know, hostile. Uh, right. I don't think that speak I don't think that this is a language that I know. Maybe it might be a way to communicate with them.
4: Actually. You... How do you not have comprehend languages, Marco? He pulls out the magical archive and says,
2: I do. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: so using my archive,
0: I will cast comprehend language. Comprehend language. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, you, you, with that, you definitely know that they're speaking their own language, Modrin, and, and basically the babbling that you're hearing, it's, it's, it's almost like uh, they are verbalizing computer code, where they're basically stating their current objective and expressing a state that their space is not to specification and effectively entering a mode to clean and repair. You know, basically saying Librarian Hub out of state must repair damages assessing situation. And then one of them as they kind of go and look at you babbling continuing they basically say several humanoids entering the area unsure if authorization ignoring unless otherwise engaged. Cyrus, how do I deal with the Modron? I actually had no idea they were here the interworkings of the librarian hub are not um publicly known oh um
2: how do i get authorization so they don't do anything unseemly
0: um well it doesn't appear that they're doing anything unseemly it seems like they're following their basic operational programming um well okay i guess it's the uh Unsure about
2: authorization, like they would attack if if we were not authorized. But it is a library, so maybe they
0: would just escort us to a door. It also might be so long that they've not quite with it. Although it, I'm not sure if Modrons can go insane.
2: Okay, so um, to to everybody, um, they seem harmless. All things considered, they're more interested in building everything back. They're unsure if we have authorization or not, but they don't seem to be in any way hostile.
0: Um, yeah. Basically, them shrugging is, like, they they query if you have authorization, and when they don't get, like, any sort of, like, authorization response, they basically shrug in, like, the not-my-problem protocol activates... <laughs> <laughs> And they continue, like, like clearly, like, a higher priority is fixing the everything around them that seems to have happened while they were seemingly in some sort of stasis. So what's funny is, is that some of them seem to be gathering up all the broken uh, librarian drones on the cart that you guys rode in on and are laying them out and beginning to repair them.
2: Hmm. Okay, I think, um... I think we're safe here but they they're not they're not going to like tie us up and take us to some fire pit or anything. We can find a place to sleep where they won't disturb us. We'll be okay. Yeah. Pro- probably leave some guard, you know, just standard protocol.
0: Uh-huh. Um Brohane is, like, investigating one very closely, like, these things are fascinating. I'd love to meet whoever engineered them. They're quite (laughs) brilliant. Not sure what the organic bits are. That's a little unsettling, but, um... Very strange. And he kind of like picks one up and it continues like kicking its legs like it was walking wherever it was going. And he kind of sets it down in an opposite direction and it like takes a couple steps, hits a wall, stops, turns like a Roomba, and then continues going the way it was going.
4: Wow. <laughs> oh.
0: um, now, likewise, several of the Modrons have noticed Scriv and are very interested in Scriv. <laughs> And Scriff was like, Oh, I seem to have made some friends. These are quite interesting creatures. They remind me somewhat of my own people. But the Modrons don't seem to be doing anything bad bad they're just kind of poking and prodding (laughs) and being generally inquisitive now there are several different shapes like there's the round one that uh that Luckbeak first found there's a few of those um they have one single eye um and you actually see that they do have folded like little wings on their back as well there are square ones that look like they've made out of like two squares on top of the other um those have two eyes still organic eyes with like fleshy mouths. Th- these things have big minion vibes now that I'm thinking of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's there's another one that's kind of cube-shaped body um, and it has wings as well, but this one actually appears to be like kind of flying around. Um, and you actually even see um, a larger one that seems to be like a triangular, like pyramid- type shaped body with the point facing downward with several spider like legs coming off of it, and it has a face with a single eye and a single mouth on each of the three side faces of this upside down pyramid and these things are all kind of scattering around doing various work, but they seem to be ignoring you as you kind of settle in and uh can make camp
2: if it uh, makes you feel any better flapwing um the fact that these things didn't start going until we got here means that Kizath or anybody else here has come into this room.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Good call. Or maybe they just didn't poke and prod at stuff. That, that
2: too. I mean, Kizath seems like a prodder, though.
4: Yeah, kind of single-minded, though, huh? I I don't know. Just, just a bit. Okay, well, I hope that they don't kill me in my sleep for, uh, waking them up. Well, almost did that.
0: (laughs) I will no, not I make that up. mistake again. I will not make that mistake again. I know what? you were having the donut dream. What? The yes. Fuck? Now that I know, I I like I've learned a little bit to like lucid dream just for those occasions because like last thing I want to do is like sleep stab somebody.
4: Right. You could be having. You could be learning mage hand while lucid dreaming. And they make courses that you can just listen to. What? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I get out from the center between the two <laughs> of them.
3: Good <laughs> <what I> call. <laughs> oh, my oh, my head du fromage. Uh, <laughs>
0: so uh, is there anything else in particular you guys are doing? you just settling in for a long rest?
4: Yeah.
2: Settling in. Okay. Yep.
0: All right. So you guys uh, can take your long rest and you guys can also level up. Oh wow. <gasps>
1: what? This has
0: been a long chapter. You guys can level up. <laughs>
1: That's fair.
0: So you guys can take care of your leveling stuff later. Okay. So you guys settle in to, to rest. Um uh, I imagine you guys uh are posting uh posting a watch or, or do you feel pretty yes. safe here?
1: No, I, Ravenous no. is doing watch. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ravenous doesn't feel safe anywhere.
4: There's a watch.
0: <laughs> sure. Uh so who is uh who's gonna be on watch?
4: I, I mean, I think. Do you want our order? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have no <laughs> preference. Anybody have any preference? Um, if not, we'll just do it alphabetically. Yeah. All right, Flapwing, Marco, Ravenous. All
0: right. Yeah. So everybody's getting ready for bed, and uh, Flapwing, you're settling down. And a couple hours pass, and it it takes a little bit to get used to the noise because these modrons are not stopping working while you guys are sleeping. Sure. <laughs> While you're sitting there, Flapwing, you see one kind of start walking directly towards you uh, with, like, a determined gait. Uh, I, t- I put my hands up in, like, the karate chop pose. It grabs a part off of the counter right above your shoulder and just turns and walks oh. past you. Mm. <laughs> it is a little unsettling.
4: Hey, being a workaholic is not a personality trait.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, but your watch concludes uneventfully. Oh, okay. Yeah. That really scared me. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Marco is next? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. So Marco, you you take watch. Like I said, like these these Modrons are continuing to just kind of whittle away. They seem to be working on trying to repair to the best of their ability um, the areas around them and these various uh, drones. As it's getting a little bit later into the night, you notice something kind of strange happening with their behavior. One, it seems like some of the things that they're trying to repair are beyond their capability. Just 10,000 years' time, it's just not possible for them to fix the way they would normally fix something like it's routine maintenance. Okay. So when this happens, they kind of short out and like, it it almost looks like they throw a little tantrum. And then (laughs) like, and then like there's a pause and they kind of like spaz for a second. And then it seems like they completely forget what they were doing and go on to something else. Hmm. And that's not the only thing you notice is weird. There seems to be like a station that has been formed with like an assembly line of like repairing all of the broken drones, but you see like the Mojin sitting there at the station like repairing the various like concentric rings and then the mechanisms and all of this stuff. And then when it gets to like the the part where it's actually like the center core where it's a mechanism that houses like a cinder shard crystal with like a specific sigil on it. There's, like, a, always a spark, and it does this, like, weird tantrum thing, but then instead of, like, reverting to nothing, it takes it and puts it in a pile next to this forge-looking, like, construction. But it seems like that's happening literally every time it tries to fix one of these.
2: I think I would I think I think would investigate and see what it is they're trying to fix.
0: Yeah, you go and look over its shoulder, and uh, how long does your Comprehend Languages last?
2: Oh, shit, I need to look that up. Uh, one hour so it would have been burned by this time yeah
0: yeah it burned out by now so you see it and it's like muttering to himself as it's doing different things and as you watch it do a couple of these things it seems like the problem is happening where actually you know what make an arcana check okay this information isn't free come on (laughs) um that is an unnatural 20. Why did I even bother? (laughs) I have a plus eight, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, so you watch it do a couple of these, and it appears that it has everything it needs to fix the, the physical construction of it, but there's the central core part that it is not capable of repairing. And it's taking it over to this other station that you imagine is where such a thing would be repaired. However, that station is either not manned or not functioning. So there just is now becoming this pile of fixed drones that do not have cores in them.
3: Uh-huh.
0: And yeah, what you can make of the core, and now that it's like not functioning because it's usually just kind of a blinding source of light when the drone is active. It looks like it is a metal construction that attaches from two side points and a like metal cage that holds a crystal. A cinder shard specifically. But you like have to get pretty close to, to see that. Yeah. The one weird thing that happens is when you get closer, as you're kind of piecing this together, um, the Modron gets to like the final part where it sees that and like there's a problem, and it kind of looks at you and looks at your hand and tries to take your ring of mind shielding. No, stop that. Make <laughs> make a strength check, or uh, this will be an athletics check. This is like a grapple.
2: Oh, that's this is gonna hurt. Okay, I mean that's a twelve.
0: Um, yeah, it gets a nine, so it's, it's, it's little metal, like fingers, like don't quite get a grip and you're able to like close your fist and keep the ring from getting pulled off. And it just goes, like angrily at you and like, kind of tries again. Cyrus is going to say in your head, huh, weird. So I'm like, kind of like trying to hold my hand up a bit. Yeah. And it's kind of like now jumping. <laughs> like it's a little kid and you took his toy. You're holding it over his head.
2: <laughs> Cyrus, what is he t- trying to get to here?
0: I didn't... I, you, this ring's
2: not made of center Shard last I checked.
0: No, it's not. But... Huh. I hadn't considered. It may serve the same purpose... Do you want me to
2: give him the ring?
0: Well, we don't have an immediate idea for getting a replacement body for me, and if this works the way I think it might, it may give me a little bit of autonomy.
2: Um, are you sure? I mean, if this goes wrong, then the ring get damaged, and you might just go on to the next plane.
0: Well, as much as I wouldn't prefer that... It wouldn't be the worst thing. This is your
2: call, my friend. So, um, I take off the ring and I hand it to the Modrin.
0: The Modrin takes it, like, greedily, and you see it uh, take it back to its workstation. You feel, like, alone for a second Okay. after you take the ring off. Like, you've had Cyrus kind of riding passenger in your brain for not a short amount of time now that it's, it's suddenly weird that he's not there in that instant. And you kind of watch as the Modrin takes it and pulls out tools and starts, like, cuts the band of the ring and, like, bends the metal. And you kind of wince because you're like, fuck, it's, like, fucking that up. And it places the ring into the construction of the library drone and is just, like, muttering in its language to itself. And then it sets it on the table, and suddenly the large, brain-shaped purple gem that was the center of your ring of mind shielding now is the central core of this librarian drone construction. It glows super bright, this bright purple light that is white at its very core, and the rings start gyrating around it as it lifts off the ground. And you hear Cyrus's voice modulated like the drone, like Dex's was. Huh. Interesting. Well, this could work. And there's a pause and he goes, let me try something. And the shining white light kind of changes shape and an illusion of Cyrus, as he looked inside the memory facsimile, appears around this hovering drone, slightly like shimmering, like a hologram. Um, Like it's not a perfect illusion, but this illusion of him looks at you and his mouth moves as the drone talks. I think this will work quite well. I seem to be able to even cast spells. Um, are is this is this are are we gonna? Um, what? Marco, that's the moment something assaults your brain. Oh. (laughs) Something powerful. Your nose starts to bleed, and you fall unconscious. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Wow
2: no. <laughs> <It> turned- <laughs> Cyrus is like, "Oh, thank God, now I can break him <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh no." <laughs>
0: Thunder crackles against the cloud-covered night, backlighting an ever-growing tower that pulsates and squirms. The stench of thick, dead blood from the rotting ground beneath your feet screams with the pain of every weapon rended from the grisly warriors who've met their end here. The earth quakes again as a deafening roar echoes from the slick meat tower in front of you. She calls. She is waiting. See and hear this terrible like cracking of bone and rending of flesh as his form just sort of shifts and twists.
5: Uh maybe he's like juggling
1: or something. Maybe he's found some like dismembered um, body parts and he's
3: he's using that as a distraction.
2: Galgenbeck, what a nice city. The rotten flesh doesn't stink quite as much there.
3: Rejoice!
0: The fall of humanity comes. But has all of the sickness been for nothing? Find out on Fables Around the Table, she...
5: Didn't know it all the people. That was crazy.
4: Holy fuck, Mike Mitchell. Well,
5: I, I I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies.
4: Justin McElroy, grab your tongue, grab your tongue, and I want you to say, Our "Born tongue. on a pirate ship."
0: Bum well,
4: You were born on a pile of shit and many more. So check it out. But also, if you don't like bare naked ladies, we talk about them. Probably like a third of the time. So uh, yes. That's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game
5: about it. As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, you see a sign above your goal. Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it has uh, something new out and he hands you a comic. On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names and contrastingly colorful font below them.
1: Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at
0: me. Royale. Yeah, watching and seeing what happens isn't stopping the crime.
4: Remix! Am I the only one confused why Quasi can whisper?
5: Quasi Raptor. Quasi never gets to eat. Above them. In white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022 from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here.
4: ProjectDerailed.com